0: I a
1: You're
0: listening, you're listening, you're listening, you're listening listening to Music Biz 101 and more. Ah, Welcome to the Music Biz 101 and more radio show. It's free advice and it's also a podcast. Find us every Wednesday at Brave New Radio 88.7 FM on the campus of William Patterson University in Scenic Way, New Jersey. You can also find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio as a podcast. I'm your co-host, Professor David kirk Phil, with your other co-host, Dr. Esteban. Yep. Dr. Esteban, Yep. We are live and pre-recording with Marconi. What you're listening to is coming from Nashville, Tennessee, at the Music Biz 2016 convention. Thank you very much. Very good.
2: Is that still going on?
0: We believe it is still going on. We've been we recording non-stop since this started. We so wouldn't know, we? have know, seen we? very little, of the convention, but we've seen some wonderful people, like the people sitting at the table with us. That's including right. Including Elise Chamberlain, talent scout from Atlantic Records. Thank you, Thank you Elise. We had Thank our Abby. boss at school last year. Paul Sinclair? No. Oh, uh, Julie Greenwald. Yes. That's yes, okay. right, Julie Greenwald. Greenwald. Okay, mm-hmm. I apologize. And then we also have Miles Franco getting his MBA. Yeah, buddy. What did you say? Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> who who is, a, is, a, is a generic buddy? Yes, Any everybody's You're buddy. You are my buddy. Exactly. Everybody's yeah. my buddy. Exactly. That sounds like a George Michael line. Oh, God. <laughs> um, but there we go. You can use that. Go to back to 86. So, Miles Franco getting the MBA in music management at William Patterson University. Yes, I am. So, thank you both for being here. Appreciate it very much. We want to give thanks again to the Music Business Association for giving us this space here at the Nashville Convention beautiful Center. Space, isn't it? It's a beautiful space. We're Balloons and everything. Balloons, pool. We're in our bathing suits. Actually, Miles is his bathing suit. It looks great. We <laughs> want to thank Mia, the yeah. Music and Entertainment Industry Educators Association. They gave us a grant, which helped people like Miles get here. Thank you for being here, Miles. We want to give thanks to the folks at Van Dyne, Bruno, Inc. and White Hat Management. With artists like Charlie Puth, Dave Matthews, Sharon Jones, The Dap Kings, and KISS, there's only one place to go for your band's business management. Go to vb cpa Did you see the spit come out? It went right under my screen. I have this huge blob of spit right <laughs> on my screen. Go to vb hyphen. snap by a mic. Go ahead. Yeah, good thing there's no mic. Uh, vb-cpa.com. So, my, when you're ready. So, Miles, if you were in a band and you needed business management, where would you go? Uh, band on. Van Dyne Bruno, Inc. That's right. That's right. Or White Hat Management, same thing. And then also, you know, Elise, yes. we should also give thanks to Christine Vay, who is a wealth manager and the president of Vay Wealth Management. Christine, you know, has helped many of our professionals at William Patterson manage their investments and plan out their retirement. If you, for example, not definitely, but just as a hypothetical, suppose somebody like Elise Chamberlain talents got Atlantic Records was looking for some guidance on how to plan for your retirement or if you had questions on anything from investments, portfolio management to insurance retirement planning, you could give Christine a call. You number you know what number you would call her at? What number would I Repeat call? Repeat after me. 732
3: 732
0: 455
3: 455
0: 1510
3: 1510.
0: Wow, that was excellent Elise Chamberlain. You could also email her if you wanted at christine@ Chris- at
3: Christine
0: at VeyWealth. VeyWealth. That's V A Y. V A Y
3: Wealth.com. As, Wealth in Wealth.
0: Dot com. as, as in, an in. as an Oy Vey. Oy right. <laughs> you did that very well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Oyvewealth.com. Okay. Right. For advice. And of course, she always says, our friend Christine Vay. Your money, your values,
2: our focus.
0: And as we always say, our focus turns now to our guest Elise Chamberlain and our talent scout. We've found you, Miles Franco, who is the very talented MBA student. We'll give you one more hand. One more hand. It is now
1: your turn to give us a little bit of bio and start axing the questions. Go. Okay, so I had the pleasure of meeting Elise yesterday at the uh, women in industry seminar. Oh, ah,
2: last night. No.
1: We yesterday. were here during the yeah. day. That's right. Right. But we were there at night. But um so we were talking a little bit about what the what, what a modern and what modern A and R is. Um, Could you just kind of explain what we were talking about uh, as far as the contracts and the outsourcing?
3: Yeah, absolutely. So my title as a talent scout at Atlantic Records, I'm kind of a new breed of Mm -hmm. A&R. What I do, uh, I work from home. I work remotely. I don't actually work in the office at Atlantic. Mm -hmm. I report to the New York office, um, but I'm able to... Scout music digitally. That's typically how I find my music. Uh, I use blogs, uh, streaming services, uh, you know, recommendations from managers, promoters. Everything I can find online is how I find music, and you know, with the you know, uh, uh, with th- with that, um, I'm able to find music from all around the world, um, and. It's it's giving me the opportunity to present music from London, from Australia, from New York, when you know a lot of talent scouts are based where their city is. You mm-hmm. know they're based if they're based in Nashville, they're going to shows to find music at the shows. You know they're going to open mic nights. You know my role is to find the music that's being buzzed about online, that's you know bloggers are getting excited about the music that's coming from you know small towns that talent scouts don't actually access I'm my job is to find that music and present mm. it to the A&R managers at the label
0: and you went to school in London didn't you I did oh, go to school yeah, yep okay. I
3: got my graduate degree at Goldsmiths University of London mm-hmm. and it was art administration cultural policy which just a, another kind of big title for the business behind music and arts
1: mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. uh, also let everybody know in the New Jersey area she went to Monmouth I did.
3: for her undergrad for, undergrad,
1: yes. for music business mm-hmm. right. brand X <laughs> he always yep. calls it Brandex because it's not William <laughs> Patterson, William Patterson, William Patterson <laughs> <laughs> so just to go off that um, we talked about uh, what online platforms you're using right now and you say that SoundCloud's your favorite, yes. um, is there like any reasons why that is like your favorite to find artist?
3: Absolutely, yeah I would say SoundCloud is the best platform to find upcoming artists uh, mainly because it's you know it's international uh, anyone can upload music you know whether they're singing into a microphone you know they can upload music or if they're producing and actually recording mastering they can upload it to soundcloud um, and it's so easy to share music you can share single tracks you can make tracks private send them directly to me so no one else can hear them um, and it's free it's you know it's it's such a great tool um, mm-hmm. to use uh, i would recommend you know if an artist doesn't have a SoundCloud to absolutely get a SoundCloud. you know it's imperative you know to be able to share your music especially if you want to get the attention of scouts like me you know if you don't have your music online i'm i'm not going to you know be going out to see your show if you're in a small hotel if you have your music online i'll be able to listen to it and you know be able to pass it on to the relevant people
1: and we were also talking about how many times you you really listen to the artist before you make a like your judgment on on whether you want to want to scout them for your label. How many times did you say?
3: I uh, typically if I if I like a track you know I'll listen to it you know, numerous times five six seven times you know if, if I'm coming across a track uh, you know, that I'm not really into I'll give it about five ten seconds and I'll pass <laughs> on it. Mm-hmm. It's one of those gut instincts you know. You can you tell that quickly. You can tell that mm-hmm. quickly and uh, it's with most music that I listen to. It's within five, ten seconds. You know, I pass on to the next song. Yeah.
0: The songs that you don't pass on. Have you ever just noticed in your head that there are certain patterns or certain trends that? Oh, there the hook is happening in the first five seconds. Yes, for example. there
3: certainly are formulas. You know, like mm-hmm. the pop music formula. And, you know, because of Atlantic Records, you think of you know the the kind of repertoire that Atlantic mm-hmm. has. Mm-hmm. They're mainly looking for that formula, mm-hmm. um, and it's. It's something that um, it's really easy to stand out, but it's also really easy to fall flat with that. Um, so uh, with pop music, really the gut feeling often has to be the, the vocals. You have to be doing something different. Um, you know, it has to be the lyrical content, perhaps. Um, there, there are a lot of things now that you know, make you just stop in your tracks and you want that feeling when you stop in your tracks that's when you know Mm -hmm. it's actually a good tune.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How often does that
3: happen? Um, About I would say I go through about a thousand tracks a week Mm -hmm. uh, once or twice through the 1,000 tracks Mm -hmm. does that happen yeah.
2: Now do you have any criteria such as uh, social media criteria before you can recommend this to you higher like ups like to
3: someone in A&R. Um, not 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 specifically. Uh, there are some artists that have you know the whole shebang have Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, mm-hmm. Instagram, and that's fabulous. You know they're being engaged with their fans. Right. People already know who they are. They have a following. But then there's artists that release a track, and they have nothing behind it. There's mm-hmm. no Facebook. There's no Twitter. There's no mm-hmm. website, and it just makes you interested more. It just actually makes you intrigued. So you want to find out about them. Uh-huh. But the disadvantage with that is, you know, they don't know. you don't know who they are. Mm-hmm. So um, if you're going that route, you know, make sure, you know, you, you have a backup plan. Maybe you're going to do a surprise track every week, you know, after that. You know, mm-hmm. follow it up with mm-hmm. a little more promotion and then, you know, explode. Like, we're dropping right, an album. Right. Um, but social media is great. You just got to make sure that you're using it in the right way. <laughs> you know, you're interacting with fans. You're posting often. Mm-hmm. Um, you're... Uh, you're uploading music you know if you're not uploading music you're talking about music you're talking right. about your tours right. um, you just have to keep that social media active all right. the time
2: so it's sort of a gestalt on what they're doing but but it's not up to you friends to find out if they have management right. uh, and if the management is good or if they're gonna be just a pain in the neck or it's not gonna be you right. know that's up to New York.
3: Exactly. Yeah, that's. It's not up to me to, um, you know, decide uh, whether we like their management or their publishing or not. Right. And you're
2: just talking purely on exactly their music and the reaction that has come in so far mm-hmm. concerning their music. Exactly.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, a lot of that uh, has to do with you know, it's it's great to find an artist you know that's starting out uh, doesn't really hasn't played that many shows, but you know, it's an extreme talent it's great to show you know a and r reps that but it's also going to be more difficult to convince them to want to bring them on if Mm -hmm. they have no development behind them it's more money they have to put into them um and there's also (laughs) a lot more risk with that if we can find somebody that you know is understanding of the social media has played shows Mm -hmm. has management you know Mm -hmm. has publicist Mm -hmm. or maybe doesn't but still are developed right it, it's going to be more convincing to bring that to yeah. the they and our managers yeah
1: so like we were talking about before um, like you, you said you like to maybe block your days a little bit mm-hmm. say like monday nine to five you, you might do something um your spreadsheets were pretty massive <laughs> yeah so if you just want to maybe just say how important it is to have a database like that in your job um maybe what that data or that spreadsheet consists of and maybe Um, some artists that you've found in the past that you're super proud of
3: yeah sure so really what I do is um, I compile um, on a spreadsheet um, spreadsheets basically my life um, you know the artists you know music uh, contributed to the artists the genre um, where they're located if you know they've had any label publisher interaction um, and I constantly check back on that You you know once I've sent that in um, i'll listen to the artists over and over again mm-hmm. to date i've s- recommended to atlantic about 600 artists well, um, well. S- and <laughs> uh How yeah have <laughs>
0: been signed
3: i haven't had any signed um but mm. i learned really early on when i started scouting uh that it's typical to go through about a thousand artists recommend a thousand artists and only have one come through, mm. so I'm a little halfway to mm-hmm. that take point. do take it personally. <laughs> yeah, right. it's it's nothing personally, and you know the truth is I really trust Atlantic's judgment. You know, mm-hmm. when it comes to when we find the right act, right. it will be the right is act. That
2: Peter Gamberg is he still there?
3: I'm I'm not entirely sure. I, I with my position, I work f- solely for one A and R director. Oh, okay. yeah. Stefan Max, and he uh-huh. works out of the New York office. Right, mm-hmm. and
2: mm-hmm. he's and what's his um. Area of expertise. Yeah,
3: so he is the A&R director there. His main artists are Vance Joy and Young Giant, so okay. he does the A&R for those there, so mainly pop rock music. Right, right. Mm-hmm. How
0: many of you does Atlantic have?
3: I actually don't know, um, mm-hmm. but well, I how know... How many does Sony
2: have?
0: <laughs> I
3: know <laughs> I I'm, I'm, am Staffan's, uh only scout, and I imagine mm-hmm. that every director, every manager has their own scout, mm-hmm. whether it be in my capacity, you know, their remote uh you know has contract only or an office i'm not really sure mm-hmm. um but i think my position is growing rapidly um with you know the opportunity to find music so easily online you know mm-hmm. just knowing how to find it you're going to catch the attention of you know a d- and R directors you know if you're a tastemaker and you're constantly posting music if you're blogging mm-hmm. about it and our directors are going to want to get in on that. You know, they don't have the time to go through a thousand blogs a week. You know, they want, mm-hmm. you know, to hire people who want to do that all the time. So I imagine there's thousands of people like me um, mm-hmm. out there, and it's just going to continue to grow. Uh, and I think there's going to be more opportunities for young people in the future to have jobs like these. Mm-hmm. So it's an
0: entry level position on the A and R side.
3: It, it absolutely mm-hmm. is an entry level right. position.
0: Yep. Yeah. And how are you evaluated? I know Miles was talking about the spreadsheets.
3: How I send a, a, I send about three to ten artists a week to to mm. to Stefan. Really, it, I'm not evaluated in a way, you know, saying you know this is bad, this is good. Uh, I evaluate it as to how much music, you know, how um, how connected I am to the mm. music of right now. Um, mm. He real, you know, even though I'm not signing anything it's really great for them to know that you know um, these tracks are buzzing you know mm-hmm. this music's getting popular um so we should start looking at artists that are doing that you know mm-hmm. this type of you know producer is producing a lot of music you know what kind of tracks should we be looking at you know it's mm-hmm. um the evaluation is really uh you know how much i can bring in and how connected i am there's mm-hmm. no uh, I don't get sit down, talk to you know, in ev- mm-hmm. you know, an evaluation performance or anything like that. Um, I just have to keep at it. But they know
0: that you're doing what you're doing.
3: Exactly. As long as I'm sending stuff in, you know, they mm-hmm. I'm doing my job. Yeah. Yeah. As long as you
1: pick up the
0: phone when they call.
1: Exactly. Check <laughs> yes. Check your email.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think mm-hmm. you
1: wrapped it up well. When you were outside talking, you said you have to have your pulse on the scene
3: mm-hmm. at all times. Absolutely. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, one of the most, uh, one of the coolest things that I found out about you is uh, your educational background. I felt like that'd be relevant to talk about since we are, yeah, you know, on a university right. campus, and a lot of people are trying to get an ANR and don't really understand it, um, don't know how to get into that that career. So you're originally from Maine,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and like I said, you got your BA for music business in Monmouth. What sent you to Ma- Monmouth from Maine? Uh,
3: so I grew up in a rural small town in coastal Maine. Mm-hmm. Uh, my graduating class was 70; very small school. 70 lobster uh, fishermen. <laughs> Basically, yeah. (laughs) Uh, It took me about two hours to drive to Portland, which was the only city at the time that had shows or concerts. Mm -hmm. So I had to get out of Maine. At Mm -hmm. that time in 2007, when I graduated high school, there wasn't any music business programs in New England, Mm -hmm. let alone really the country, Mm -hmm. that were well-known, that Mm -hmm. were actually being advertised. Uh, Monmouth was one, Uh Um, and it was close to New York. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't quite ready mm-hmm. to be in the city that yes. big yet <laughs> coming from Maine uh, yeah. but Monmouth was a great place to start uh, it it gave me the opportunities uh, you know exactly what I needed I would have never had in Maine or mm-hmm. coming from any small town mm-hmm. Um going to school and getting a degree in like that created those opportunities for me
1: I feel like mm-hmm. I really related to that because I'm also from a smaller place
3: mm-hmm.
1: not a lot of music industry opportunities there yeah so mm-hmm. i thought that was re- a really cool thing to look at and see that you had done that and um you got your ma in arts ma- administration and music yes. can you talk about the thesis you were telling me about outside? oh yeah
3: so while i was in a while i was in london uh, um, uh it's obviously uh, such a musical hub um, mm-hmm. and i was discovering while i was there uh, electronic music it was really my first taste into electronic music when i moved there in 2011 And I was so intrigued by the scene that I actually did my thesis on electronic music, Mm -hmm. on the historical, uh, technological, and cultural impact of electronic music from from 1988 to 1994 in the United Kingdom. Really just cover the basis of how electronic music grew um, how it impacted technology, um, how it's impacting technology today, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, how everybody is able to make music, and how, you know, that's really going to be the future of music, you know, it's going to be with the computer, um, and yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: So you weren't uh, genre-specific in your
1: thesis?
3: No, I was not. Um, mm. I It covered the whole spectrum of electronic music mm-hmm. from there, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: And to look at kind of where you're at now, um, I know you told me that you were a part of Music City Big Break last year. Yeah. Could you tell us a little bit about that?
3: Sure, yeah, so the Music City Big Break was a competition that happened last year, Um, and what it entailed was um, bands from all over the country, but mostly a lot of Nashville bands entered, were able to upload their music to a site called Mizuka, and we were able to create a whole list of music, listen to them, and then select 30 bands that we wanted to bring and have a competition. So we basically had an American Idol of bands here Mm -hmm. in Nashville. And the competition actually uh, awarded the winner, actually the largest prize package in American history for any band musical competition. It was uh, valued over $50,000. And what we did is, we would judge the bands Mm -hmm. on performance we you know judge the bands on how well they interacted with their fans how many fans they actually brought out to their shows Mm -hmm. Uh, and in the end we uh, we had one uh, band win the gills are actually a garage rock band and i think one of the reasons why they won is just because they had so many fans that were so interactive with them and they were able to really engage everyone um, and that was really interesting to see y- with a talent competition, because you think it's going to be you know, maybe the, the best singer, or the best vocalist. Mm-hmm. But in this case, you know, it was the band that actually had the most hype behind them.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just going off of that, um, I know you've been been a lot of places, studied, <laughs> worked. How's the Nashville music culture, like, in comparison to, like, a lot of the other places you've, uh, you've lived or worked?
3: So moving to Nashville, <coughs> I... When I first moved to Nashville, I came from byways of uh, San Francisco. I still had the mindset that it was all going to be country. You know, I wasn't really expecting anything else. I was very pleasantly surprised, even within the first week of living here. There's electronic music. There's R&B. There's rock music. There's everything under the mm. sun here. And I think that's because there's so many walks of life moving into Nashville now that it's just a growing hub of, you know, Cultures and different kinds of influences, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and it's it's such a great place for a musician just starting out. For me, it was probably the easiest city I've ever networked in. People are friendly. uh, You see musicians, you see the producers, promoters at the same bars you go to. You know, you're able Mm -hmm. to talk to them just so easily. And I think the Nashville music scene it really uh, it really helps musicians. It really wants people succeed and it you know there's so many places to play there's so many opportunities mm-hmm. to get your music out mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. that you know it's it's one of the best cities I've, I've ever lived in. That's yeah. awesome.
1: Well just on like a final note um just to help some of our students at William Patterson who are trying to be talent scouts or yeah. A&R's um, I noticed I, I know that we were talking about like kind of how you got to where you are now mm-hmm. just on like a, just a general level you were you were saying that connections are really important. Um, what would you say like somebody in my position would do to get a job as a talent scout?
3: Um, yeah, so first of all, yeah, connections are crucial to working in A&R. Um, you need to really know somebody to actually work in a or you need to have an A&R director manager aware of your presence, and really to do that, you need to be obsessed with music and you really need to love music, <coughs> and you need to understand the cyclical nature of the industry, you need to understand trends, you need to understand where bubbles are gonna burst and when the next trend is gonna come. Mm-hmm. And you need to be you know, going to shows, you need to be absorbing every type of music out there. Um, so you know, really, it's you have to have that passion for music, and you have to show people that you're passionate for music. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, with that, you, you'll meet connections. You'll meet people that you know are going to see your passion, um, and that you know are going to going to connect with you, and then you're going to be able to work together. Nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. How did you meet your? <laughs>
3: um, so your uh, yeah, the my boss. Um, he actually yeah. was in my freshman class uh, first semester my music business he oh. never went to class he never did his homework <laughs> he dropped out and now he's my boss so yeah. <laughs> um, but the thing about that is that he grew up in New Jersey and New York he had the connections already there mm. he'd been working in the industry since he was 16 doing mm. shows doing everything like that so he already built connections mm. I, b- I wouldn't have had that in Maine you know a lot of a lot of people don't have that mm-hmm. he's just very fortunate that he was able to make that direct line into the industry mm-hmm. yeah. so he
2: remembered you <coughs> uh,
3: we we remain friends we remained connections and he was always impressed with how much music I was o- always sharing or what shows I was going to mm-hmm. just caught his ear and he brought me on mm-hmm. and I think
0: it helped that you moved around you absolutely. went to oh, okay. London, you had that yes. experience, you went to San Francisco, you yes. went to New Jersey, so you have
3: uh, yeah. had different cultural... And I would recommend that to any student, you know, if they mm. have a chance to study abroad, absolutely yeah, take it, that, right? yes, mm. and you know, it will give you, yes, another view and perspective of life, but you'll be able to listen to different music, you know, you'll be able to hear things you would have never heard in America, mm-hmm. meet people in places you would have never met, and those connections build upon connections. You'll be able to meet more people. And the more you can travel, you know, the better. The more people you'll meet, you know, and the more you'll be able to understand and more music you'll be able to get to know.
2: Well, Mm, well, it's
0: been great to get to know you. Hasn't it been great to get to know Elise Chamberlain?
1: I just got to give her a little present right oh. now. A oh, little cool. WP magnet. Oh, Some right. William yeah. Patterson love. She, she
0: is now an alumnus suddenly of William yeah, Patterson the at the University. But thank you very much <laughs> for, you for hearing on me. Music Biz 101. Yes. This has been really good. This has been excellent. Because yes, a lot of people are listen to. Yeah, first time talent scout. Oh, on, uh, we've had A&R, you know, but it's different. So this mm-hmm. is very cool yeah. to, to have on. So mm-hmm. thank you for agreeing to do this. And Miles Franco for making it happen. Thank you, Miles Franco. MF. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. The MF. Right. I don't know what that means. Yes, it's Miles Franco. So thank you, MF, and the EC. So mm-hmm. thank you very much. We want to thank Dr. Stavon Marconi for well, being thank here. Thank you and very, it very much. Happen. That's right. And of course, my co-host, who is I, Professor ah. David Kirk Philp, and we are friends now, so you may yes. call me Professor David Kirk Philp. Yes. And at the end of every show, at least we don't say hello, but you know what we say? What do we say? We say adios.